Welcome to the show, I'm James. I'm David. I'm Alpha Riley. And today we are discussing everything, everywhere, all at once. We'll laugh. We'll argue. We might get a little too into it, but at the end of the day, they're just movies. Spoiler alert! <laughs> Am I right? A recent five-star review said, I know nothing about movies, but I love this podcast. You and me both, friendo. <laughs> Thanks for the review. I mean, if you're going to love one, choose us. Choose the podcast instead of all the different movies. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly the better content. Next week, we're going to cover Severance. If you Ooh. haven't seen it yet, you should. It's on Apple TV+. Plus. How many episodes in are you, David? Zero. Someone started. Oh, my God. Oh, I wasn't home all weekend. So. It's binge-worthy. Yeah, I, I'm not too worried. I think it there's only nine is. episodes. I'm genuinely very excited to watch it, so it's like, I don't get there. Directed by Ben Stiller. First thing he's directed that he's not in. Honestly, I was sad that I had to like stop watching each episode. I would like wanted to play the next one, but it was like bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> sad bedtime. All right, today it's this movie from directors Daniels again. Not the Daniels. It's Daniels. Yeah, everything, everywhere, all at once. They're just a couple of Daniels. David, hit me up with your rating out of ten. Everything, everywhere, all at once is outrageously brilliant in every possible way and scratches more space-time itches than I thought a single work of art could. Stop what you're doing. Change whatever plans you thought you had tonight and go see this movie. Mm. 9.8 out of 10. And then, 9. Come, 8. then come back wow. and put this podcast back on. Yes, also do that. 9.8. Well, you this, loved it. This movie is everything I want out of a movie. You and know what? More. <laughs> your, previously, your favorite movie in one of our top episodes ever is Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. And I was watching this and I was like, this has kind of Scott Pilgrim oh my gosh. vibes. When uh, Jimmy Lee Curtis is flying through the air with her knee towards Michelle Yao, I was like, yeah, Scott Pilgrim. Mm. But better. Riley? Different. Uh... My my slogan is this movie is everything that a movie should be. They're like, I sit down to watch this movie and at the end of it I was just like, yeah, that's <laughs> if that could be every movie. I mean, then there would the standards would change. But I I loved it. Uh, I'm giving it eight point seven five out of ten because it didn't like I didn't cry really. Like there was one part where I was kind of like almost a little bit of moisture came in my eyes, and I loved Swiss Army Man and that movie like really hit me emotionally. Hmm. And I think this, this one, was more cryworthy than Swiss Army Man. No, no, Swiss I'm Army saying Man. the opposite. Swiss Army no, no, Man. no. Sorry, that's what I meant to say, but that's weird to me. Because I think it was a bit more of a focused narrative with like there was only two real characters, and it was kind of like I could go deeper into that relationship. But hmm. this one, it's almost like I'm getting like blasted in the face with so much stimuli all the time that I almost like there's not enough time to like hmm. sink into something. Sarah cried. I believe. Does this make sense? So did Jake. I cried too. Anyways, I loved it. I thought you were gonna ball your eyes out because if I if I find out that Sarah Jake cried, then I'm like oh, Riley's gonna cry. I You're a crier. Just, I think this is this is like a there's so much emotion in it that it's almost like I can't get too deep in one emotion. It was kind of like, well, I'm sad, and then I'm happy, and then I'm laughing, and then I'm fearful, and then blah 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 blah. blah. And and now I'm like, a rock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, I loved it. I loved it. It's just not. It's not the type of movie that I would give like a nine. It's an 8.75. It's really up there. I love it. I feel like now I have to justify the fact that I didn't give it a, a 9.8, even though I love this movie. Go, go, James. Daniels have solidified their position as one of the most original and creative forces in Hollywood. With editing and sound design to make Edgar Wright blush and more dildos than a Wachowski series, <laughs> everything everywhere is Matrix 4 we all deserved. Way yeah. better than Matrix 4. Jeez Louise. <laughs> yeah, just it could have been the Matrix 4. There was a few times. Well, there's actually a Matrix music cue in this. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, that. Oh, really? Yeah, that, that's uh, called a water phone, that instrument. Oh, I learned that from uh, oh, man. another podcast. What's your score? Uh, my score is 8.5 out of 10. 8.5. It's a great movie. Why uh, are you trying to make me feel like my rating isn't <laughs> high enough? I wasn't. 
I felt that from you. I felt that vibe. That's your problem, pal. You're, you're projecting right. that on me. Yeah, you're right about that. I don't see what you guys didn't like about it. I just thought it like, there's a couple times. I think it could shave 10 minutes out. I was like, okay, another montage of like fists. I was like, I, let's just get to the climax. I thought they could have closed it out I a think, little sooner. I think hmm. that like a recurring theme about me is that I want, I'm looking for like kind of a specific experience in most movies. And I feel like this one, like I it was so artful and so amazing uh, that I can appreciate it, but it didn't make me feel the thing that I'm lo- really looking to feel, which hmm. is like a deep emotional moment. And I think I could like see emotion happening on the screen, but I didn't like feel it as much. Partially because it's kind of exhausting to watch this movie. It's like, feels like work almost. This this is like my brain though. That's like how right I it, like, this is like exactly what I think like in a movie beat mm-hmm. you up in a dildo with a hundred percent trying my and hardest I, to jump onto a butt plug yeah and i loved it i loved all that yeah. stuff you know it's like i don't think there was one moment where i was like oh i don't know about that like it, it, it's not it's not that i'm like there were moments in the movie where i didn't enjoy myself i enjoyed myself the entire time mm-hmm. i think i'm just like i noticed the absence of a feeling that That's I normally feel when, like I'm, you know, at the end of Lord of the Rings, you I'm succumb to the uh, you succumb to the everything bagel. <laughs> Nothing matters. I mean, the everything bagel was all over up in my face. It was uh, it was, <laughs> it was a lot See, to deal I, with. I did find that I felt a lot in different places, like when she first connects with the kung fu verse, and she's like, "I saw what my life looked like without you, mm-hmm. and it was beautiful." And like he shook, and she has that tear. Like I was like, "Oh, that's like." That's deep emotion. Or when he's talking about how, like, you know that feeling where you think everything's just, like, a little bit off. Like, your hair's not falling right. Like, just the days are off. Yeah. And he's like, and, and you just ask yourself, like, and she's like, how do I get back to where I was? Mm. And, like, those moments, those little lines that, gave yeah. me, like, goosebumps. That and, like, was the really moment I realized this is a pandemic movie. Totally. Mm. Yeah. Anyways, we'll talk way more about this movie after this message from our sponsor, Secret Lab. They sponsor today's video. They make chairs that are engineered to keep you comfortable for long hours at work and play. Their Titan Evo 2022 series chair offers four-way lumbar support. It comes with a magnetic memory foam head pillow. What? Whoa. Are you serious? And it's offered in different upholsteries if you have, like, different rooms that they're in. What? Like, hybrid leatherette. What? <laughs> Soft weave fabric. And Napa leather, the official leather of the UFC. It's not. Uh, with up to five-year extended <laughs> warranty and 49-day return policy, you're covered if anything goes wrong. So learn more about Secret Lab at lmg.gg slash secretlabtjm. We're also supported by Manscaped, the best, the goddamn best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, including their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. Its new wireless charging system removes the need to bring cables with you if you're a minimalist, and <laughs> it comes. It's compatible with most Qi charging pads. The Lawnmower 4.0 includes ceramic blades with skin-safe uh, tech, so you can just just manhandle your own junk with this thing and you're safe wow. it's cordless it's waterproof it gets 90 90 minutes of use on a full charge head to manscaped.com slash tjm20 and get 20 percent off and free shipping today and finally thanks to storyblocks for sponsoring today's video you ever need a quick clip for a video but you didn't have the capacity to make it yourself because you don't own a drone you know <laughs> or it's raining where you live storyblocks helps you bring your stories to life without sacrifice due to time budget or resource there's over 1 million royalty-free assets for you to choose from, including 4K HD footage, Adobe templates, music, images, and a wide array of diverse and inclusive content. There are subscriptions for every budget, so you can choose the plan that works for you. From their unlimited all-access plan that gives you unlimited all-access video and audio downloads to enterprise licensing to your entire company. All those poor souls typing 
at keyboards. I was gonna say monkeys. A hundred monkeys that work for you. Typing on the key. They can all use assets all at the same time. We use story blocks here at Lion's Tech Tips and our stuff is great, so yours can be too. Take your videos to the next level by checking out Storyblocks today at storyblocks.com slash TJM. TJ. TJM. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't really, there's not I, really a way. Well, I don't really know the reference. I only know because you do it. They're just films. Stop. <laughs> M- moving on. <laughs> I, I feel like, okay, before I get into the synopsis, I feel like I just need to clarify that I did feel emotion in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, I just don't want people in the comments being like, oh, I can't believe Riley didn't feel anything. <laughs> I felt the emotion. It's just that the like it's it was a, a lot of different pools of sort of shallow emotions. Just say you were tired that day or something. Rather than, I mean, I was tired afterwards. See, but I I hear you. I feel like the first two thirds of the movie, it's like, wow, where are we going? What's happening? But yeah. then that that final fight up the stairs. Brought it all home to for me, man. Yeah. Like, if it didn't make you cry, you are a robot. But I think I was I was just laughing more than I was feeling emotions. Like because every all the little things that she's doing, like like everything's happening so fast. Every she encounters a new person, she goes into a multiverse, she finds what she needs to do, she fixes them, and then it's on to the next one. And each each thing that happens is kind of funny. So I'm not like crying. I'm but laughing it, no, and but I'm I'm joyous. I think what the movie does so well is it's stra- for me it straddled the line of outrageous and heartfelt. Like even like the hot dog universe when she's going in there and she's like that was the most heartfelt universe. It was so beautiful when she like it's like it's like oh we have what how do you live in this universe you don't have hands and then she's playing the song with her feet and then you realize like oh she's caressing them with her feet and it's like kind of this sweet moment <laughs> of using her feet and it felt really sincere in a yeah, way where yeah. like, it could have been totally stupid but it was like oh no no like this is real and then that's how she she gets out of that situation or the the next person is the guy who like talked about oh you smell like my wife's perfume but she turns the grenade into the perfume sprays him and he's like he has a moment of like happiness yeah he's like that's what it, and like those moments were silly but for me the heart came through. Oh, yeah. And it, it didn't feel like it, the silliness was undercutting it at all. Like I felt full emotion on those I, things. Yeah, I don't want to say that silliness was undercutting it. It was just different. You, I think you're saying it's just you're oscillating between the feelings so at uh, such a frequency that it's mm. not yes. enough time for you to like fully unleash. Right, right. I think when, like, when I give a movie a 9 or a 9.5 or something, it's like we there's a scene near the end at least one where you know it lets you sit with this one emotion and instead of the movie showing you all these crazy things that are happening at once it's like there's implications and then your mind is going to all these different places and you're getting deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into one emotion yourself because you've been yeah, given processing time yeah instead of instead of kind of like having all of these different emotions kind of playing at you at the same time. I'm not saying that one's bad or the other. It's just That's just for me. I Read the synopsis. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Here's what happens. Evelyn Wang runs a struggling laundromat with her husband, Waymond, with a W. I don't know whether... Love that name. Uh, and tensions are high. They're being audited by the IRS. Waymond is trying to give Evelyn divorce papers. Her father, Gong Gong, has just arrived from China. And Evelyn's daughter, Joy, wants her to accept her girlfriend, Becky. But that's all pushed into the background when, during a meeting with the IRS inspector Deirdre, Wayman's body is taken over by an alternate uni- universe version of himself called Alpha Waymond. He tells Evelyn about his world's verse-jumping technology, which allows people to access the skills, memories, and body of their parallel universe counterparts. And Evelyn must learn to use it, as she is the only one who can stop Jobu Tapaki an entity who experiences all universes at once and can verse-jump and manipulate matter at will. 
Evelyn is given so cool. verse-jumping tech to fight Jobu's minions, including Deirdre, while discovering her other lives, where she made different choices and flourished as a kung fu master and a movie star. But it's soon revealed that Jobu is actually Joy from the Alpha Universe, and Alpha Evelyn created her by splintering her mind with excessive verse-jumping. Jobu then created a black hole-like everything bagel <laughs> that could destroy the multiverse. Evelyn realizes the only way she can face Jobu is by splintering her own mind to gain the same powers. So she verse jumps repeatedly, learning that Jobu actually created the bagel to destroy herself and wants to share her fate with Evelyn. Because since with so many vast universes, nothing truly matters. Evelyn is nearly swayed to Jobu's cause, but then hears Wayman's calls to be kind and defeats Jobu's minions using her multiverse knowledge to help them rather than hurt them. Evelyn tells Jobu that she is not alone and would choose to be with her rather than anywhere in the multiverse. In alternate universes, Evelyn reconciles with Waymond and Joy, and Waymond convinces Deirdre to let them redo their taxes. In an epilogue, Becky is part of the family, and they return to the IRS building where Evelyn's attention is momentarily drawn to her alternate selves before she grounds herself back in her home universe. Whew. Uh, like, I don't even... Honestly, while writing the synopsis, I was just like, how do I... How do I fit all of it in I there? Thought that, I thought <laughs> about the task of you writing the synopsis yesterday on my drive home from the movie. <laughs> yeah, I was like, do I mention the hot dog fingers universe? Do I mention the, the oh. rac raccoon Raccoonie. <laughs> <Rack-a-coon-y. laughs> I love. They set that up as like a ratatouille kind of yeah. reference yeah. thing, but it made me think of Swiss Army Man. Oh, interesting. Oh, kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's sort of like a puppeteering thing going on there as well. Yeah, but it was. <laughs> I I like though how the movie is so tight and well integrated, where it'll take set something up as a joke one time, yeah, but then it'll develop it into a point, right? Like Rakakuni, it's like you, she's like trying to describe like how the other like the verse jumping works and how these like Alpha Raymond is coming in and controlling people. And it's like she's like, oh, it's like that that movie with the raccoon, and they're like yeah. Ratatouille. Yeah, she's like no Rakakuni. Yeah, and, it's such a great. Oh, sorry. Guys. But then, but then it, it builds into like a thing where you start seeing that universe and you see yeah. because she has to access the teppanyaki chef. Yeah. But then she looks over and she sees the guy, and then you come back later, <laughs> and he's it's like the the raccoon the raccoon is there, and then it keeps paying off. And it, every time we go back, I'm like, oh, fine, I'm this is the time I'm going to get tired of it. But somehow they keep like Expanding pushing it, it further, and it's so good. Yeah. It's real uh, interdimensional, interdimensional cable totally. Rick and Morty vibes. Yes. Totally, definitely some Rick and Morty vibes here, especially with like the fact that the villain sort of is you know goes through the same thing that Rick goes through in whatever season that is, where he's like. With so many, so many universes, how can anything matter? You know, yep. he like loses his real family and he just goes into a mul- another multiverse and they're all there again. And so I thought that was kind of an interesting idea that that's what the villain like struggles with. When you are aware of all of this chaos and you are aware of like a million versions of yourself, nothing can matter. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, what I love about the movie's plot is that nothing matters also turns into sort of the answer because it's like, Nothing matters, including your guilt about the bad things that you've done. And so, like, that's kind of one of the things holding Jody or Joy back in the end because she's like, you know, how can I ever be normal again? Look at what everything I've done. Like, I just need to end it. Like, I Mm -hmm. need to, like, and and Evelyn's like, no, nothing matters, including, you know, all that shit you did. So, big fan. I love movies where they, the point, it's like they, they accentuate how much nothing matters then like this movie i like the, the the talk of the scale and like how science has brought us to this huge scale where like we realize how how small we are and how how little we matter mm-hmm. but then it brings it brings it home for me where it's like no 
nothing we don't matter but love does and like right. it hit home for me and i think it never felt cheesy in the way that i was afraid it would yeah it's it's always tr- you have to tread carefully on that where like nothing matters except love love wins <laughs> but it never felt cheap to me it landed yeah yeah like i think that when it kind of shifted from Evelyn kind of almost losing herself to being drawn back by Waymond, oh, yeah. I I did have that feeling where I was like, this feels kind of cheap because it's just like, oh no, don't do that, be nice. Yeah. But I think um, because it was paired with her seeing her husband in a new light, like they had their you know their marriage is struggling, they're struggling with like running their business and like their daughter is going off. She sees things. him as a silly person. Yeah, she's like, oh, I'm a failure, you're a failure, we're all, like everything sucks. And then she sees that even though everything sucks, even though nothing matters, he is here deciding to keep trying, deciding to be kind, deciding yeah. to ask Deirdre for another chance. This to is exactly taxes. it. Yeah. To me, it was all about it being a choice. Like, yeah. To me, it came out as like negativity is a choice you make, mm-hmm. and he's choosing. You have to choose happiness. Right. And the whole movie is a fight against a life without joy. Literally, the kid's yeah. name is Joy. Yeah. Joy <laughs> is going to go away ah. unless you choose happiness. See, I, I, w- I would say that like negativity isn't necessarily a choice. It's like the happiness is it like the negativity will happen. You don't have to like choose. Well, you fall into the negativity. Yeah, you fall into negativity if you don't choose yeah. to go for the kindness or go for the love. I don't know. Can we Enjoy. talk about Wayman for a second? Because like short Why round, how did you get yeah. so? How did you get so good at acting? Yeah, real quick. He was amazing. Where's he from? So key- That's short round from Indiana Jones and Data from the Goonies. He's the kid. Whoa. Yeah. And he yeah. hasn't acted for twenty years. Yeah. So I I listened and to he's a like panel. a kung fu expert. I guess he, because it seems like he was doing most of the fighting with that fanny pack. Was he not? It seemed like it was him. He was amazing. I don't know if it was actually him or a stunt double, but. You see his face for a lot of it. Maybe it's just a similar enough looking stunt double. I mean, I know Michelle, you had, yo had a stunt double, so I don't know. Yeah, for sure she did. Um, But yeah, Ki, I don't want to say his name wrong, but I'm going to. Ki, Ki Hu Kwan or whatever. Yeah. Apparently he he did that like uh, child actor thing. And he, I listened to a panel that uh, where the cast was on, and he was saying that like after the Goonies and Indiana Jones, he he just couldn't get auditions even because like there weren't a ton of opportunities for you know young Asian American people or actors or whatever, and so he just kind of like he took a step back. He went to film school and he did a bunch of stuff behind the camera. Mm. Um, but then when he he said when he saw Crazy Rich Asians in 2018, he was like, all right. Now it's time. I want to get back in this. This is ridiculous. I want to be part of this and blah, blah, blah. So then cool. he like, and then apparently two weeks after that, he got a call, like he called it, he got hooked up with an agent and then the Daniels called him and they're like, we want you in this. He was perfect for this. Yeah. Cause he's like, when he first starts talking, you're like, oh, he's like sweet and simple. Like, oh, he's not his he's, high voice, his high his voice. voice. Yeah. You're like, oh, he's, he, he, he exemplifies the silliness perfectly, yeah. but he has that warmth. And the first time he snaps into alpha, Waymond, yeah. you're like, oh, and I, 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 I <laughs> oh. found it so interesting, and I was immediately drawn. When into was that? that? Was it the elevator? Uh, the ele- well, yeah. no, you see a moment of him oh, on right. CCTV doing like kind of like moves, yeah. um, but I never like this is a small thing on the acting. I think his performance overall is excellent, but one small thing that I really appreciated was I was never confused which Raymond, which Waymond mm. I was watching. It was always mm-hmm. very clear. Yeah. Alpha, not like it was. Yeah, he did an excellent. Because he had visual cues, like he's pulling his glasses down, but they didn't rely on them like he he looks over his glasses to signal that he's changed but then he could just take his glasses off and you're yep. still looking yeah. at alpha wayman we still know that 
Yeah, yeah one, like I love the scene where uh, they're fighting Deirdre for the first time. I know someone <laughs> with that name, and I thought it was Deirdre. Deirdre, or she goes by Deirdre. I, they say it multiple I'm sure ways. I'm saying in this it movie. wrong. I don't. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm just. I'm picturing the letters in my head and saying it how it seems like I should say it. Well, how do you say it? Say it the French. It say it the French way. That Deirdre? way that, hey, David, say it the way that French people say September. September. Deirdre. <laughs> <laughs> is it Gaelic? What is it? French? I don't think it's French. That's a cool name. It sounds like, like it might be Gaelic. It sounds like it. Deirdre. <laughs> she's also amazing the first time she has the donut on her head and she comes and kills uh evelyn i was right. like shook i yeah, was yeah, shook yeah. and her i like the way she holds her body in this movie like so <laughs> ugly like we get a close-up the- shot of her sucking in yeah. her gut because she's like slouching it's just yes. like <laughs> she's got like super strength um oh but i was gonna say uh that that scene where she's attacking them in the cubicles and stuff and uh Alpha Wayman gets stuck behind the cabinet, mm. and then he's like, "Oh, Evelyn, you're not the you're not the Evelyn I'm looking for. I'm sorry, or whatever." And he ducks down, and she's like, "Alpha Wayman," and he mm-hmm. pops up. He's like, oh, "Evelyn, what's going on?" <laughs> and you can only see his eyes, and so yeah. I wanted to say because of the acting, like I think that it's so clear. Just you can only see his eyes, and it's so clear that it's regular Wayman now. Well, you and hear not his Alpha voice Wayman. too. Yeah, but still, yeah. Oh I mean, God. his voice is so high; it's yeah. crazy. <laughs> it's all the way up here. But it's funny because I think that like Alpha Wayman is like a little bit deeper than regular Wayman. Mm-hmm. But they're both they're both his they're voice both is both still up here. It's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, I shout out to their stunt teams too, because like yeah, I don't I don't know how much Wayman did in that fanny pack fight, mm-hmm. but you see his face for quite a bit of it. But that was. I mean, maybe whole, he did, I, but I, I feel like this he movie, hasn't done acting for 20 years, so I, who knows? From the first room of this movie, I was like, oh, this is going to be a good movie, but it kept like getting like better and better and better, yeah, yeah. and that fight where he has the fanny pack was a, definitely a moment where I was like, oh, this movie's going here. Like, that was going on. This? I was like, this fight is sick. It's so like, yeah. It's like better than Star Wars yeah, fights. Like, easily. <laughs> it was awesome. Like, this movie... Like not only succeeds as like a surrealist like examination of like of meaning in life. It's an awesome martial arts movie. It's fucking phenomenal. Like the worst fight in this movie is still like one of the best fights in another movie. I also, if, as long as we're doing shout outs, shout out to the editor Paul Rogers. Mm. Like, like I mentioned Edgar Wright in the uh, off the top here, and because it's similar, you get those a lot of um, shots that are kind of cut with sound. You get a lot of like insert kind of B-roll shots, close-ups on like a gut you're being sucked in or yeah. a, a fist hitting a face or whatever. Like, But um, man, it's just so frenetic. And I always, the one fact I know about the Daniels is that they start off in music videos. Yes. And because that's the one thing I know about them, everything else I see from them, I relate back to that one thing. So like, are the <laughs> fights good because they did music videos? It's definitely a visual, yeah. visual movie because of that background. Yeah. Let's get back to the characters a little bit. Sorry, I kind of detracted us a little bit. But let's talk about... Joy? The main character, maybe? Yeah, Evelyn. Let's talk about Evelyn. You're right. That, that's one of the main strengths of this movie is oh, it's like the wait. Matrix. He did do it. He's got a martial arts background. Okay. Yeah. He okay. does. Okay. Hell sorry. yeah. Go ahead. So this could have just been <clears throat> Keanu Reeves or something. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, other universes. Like he, he's mixed race, but I guess where I'm getting at, it could have just been like another white guy movie. Right. But instead, they're like, right. wouldn't it be interesting if it was a middle-aged Chinese lady? Yeah. A middle-aged Chinese-American laundromat owner. That's... Who revolves I, around the story. I love that about this movie. I yeah. love that we're getting movies now where, you know, it's 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 Asian people not because it's like an Asian movie, but just because it's a movie and it happens to star an Asian family. Like cool. Like it's not a big deal, you know? Like that's I think that's really what we want to get to is the is the 
the state of the industry where it's not like, oh, it has to be white people. It has to be, you know, whatever. It's just like, it's a movie and it happens to have these people in it. Well, and I think they do such a good job making the like deeper struggles, really universal mm. struggles. Like you can really easily identify when uh, when she finds out that the reason why she's the chosen one is because she's the worst person. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah. You were the worst one. Yeah. <laughs> but wait a second, There's nowhere Riley. to go but up. Yeah. Hold yeah. on, I want to like double click on what Riley was just saying about they just happen to be Asian because I don't really think that's quite true because th- it's not interchangeable. If you had just changed all the characters for a different ethnicity, like suddenly they're all Hispanic or suddenly they're all Polish, it would be a completely different movie. A lot of this movie has to do with pressure from parents. It has to do with expectations from traditional family members, like the yeah. gran- the grandparent from you know back home, back from s- mother country, not being accepting of your girlfriend. I, I think I agree, but I'm not, I'm not trying to say that like it's just interchangeable. Like you could just swap in Filipino people and it'd be totally like whatever different. But I'm just saying that um, the aesthetic of it is of a immigrant family, and then there's you know things that come along with that or whatever. But like traditional values and like you know family structures and like um, uh, struggling with like the weight of past decisions and like your current uh, state yeah. of failure. And it's stuff. all relatable. These are all very universal things, and you can like slot those into different cultures and then it would change the movie but at the at its core i'm just saying that like this is not like fundamentally it has to be asians to tell this story well, it's uni- it's really universal I yeah think. i think that it's just goes to show that uh humans no matter where they're from are kind of more the same than they are different right i mean it's nice to have this this representation and i think that like especially hearing key talk and in, in that panel i was listening to about how you know, it was specifically hard for him to keep going in the industry because there was little opportunities for Asian American mm-hmm. actors. And now he gets to kind of like return to the scene with like this, this, I think we've got a, a, quite a few movies in recent years that are like opportunities for Asian Americans to have greater representation mm-hmm. in, in Hollywood movies and stuff. And I think that's, I think it's a marker of the progress that we're making, sure. which is great. I Did you guys see if it's explicitly Chinese American or is it kind of like broader Asian experience? Cause I was, I left the theater mean, being like, Oh, it's Chinese. But I'm like, Oh, was there any markers of them being specifically Chinese? Cause I mean, uh, their, their name is Wang, which I think is, I think is Chinese. I think maybe the new year's festival they were. Celebrating. Oh yeah. That's right. Lunar new year's. So yeah. Correct us if we're wrong, but I don't know. I mean, someone tell us Michelle. Yo is she's Chinese American. Malaysian Chinese. I thought, Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, John Malaysian. was claiming that she was Malaysian. Malaysian is sort of like... <laughs> They'll take it, whatever they can get. <laughs> She's ours! She's yeah. one of ours! <laughs> uh, speaking of good characters that I was... The one character I was worried I wouldn't connect with was Joy at the beginning. Because I'm like, oh, she's just like the disappointing daughter who right. doesn't like her mom. But as soon as she comes up in that elevator in the Elvis outfit walking the pig with a cigarette <laughs> in her mouth, I was like, this might be my favorite character in the yeah. whole fucking movie. She was so lucky, all the costumes. But That's- every... Go ahead. Well, go ahead. You go. Well, I was just going to say every actor, every character in this movie gets an opportunity to like really uh, spread their acting wings a little bit. Mm. I mean, we got like every character has alternate versions of themselves. And so we see, I mean, with Joy, we see the most, I think, that she's like (laughs) constantly shifting between all these crazy costumes and stuff. Although she's mostly playing the same character. You got kind of like normal Joy who's like pretending to be just the normal daughter. And then you have like multiverse spanning Jobu Tataki. Um, but eight, every character got the opportunity to really play around with it. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, she's so funny. <laughs> she was so great. Like yeah. her, like overbearing. I think that, I think Jamie Lee Curtis particularly played really well into this style that the Daniels have of just like, 
like I think it, it seems very much informed by their their music video background where they're not scared to just kind of go all the way with it. Like, yeah, we're going to have a close-up shot of her gut suck again. We're going to, like, do this crazy, like, circle transition with, like, effects and then boom, boom, boom. It's almost like the effects... Did you guys feel like the effects seem sort of, like, amateur sometimes? No. No, I sorry. I don't mean amateur as in as in bad, but like I mean, like... Seeable? Yeah, it's like, oh, I can, I can kind of see how they did this, or, like, you can sure. kind of see, like, the edges of, of, of the, the finished product a little bit. It, it's... I don't know, but but it it works. It works because the movie is so like gung ho, and it's just like okay, we're going, boom, 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 keep up. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's okay if so, if you can kind of see the uh, the seams a little bit. I, I hear what you're saying. I think I for me, it's less the seams and more you can see the like, uh, what's the word? One sec. Fuck the like homemadeness of it. The, yeah. Like, yeah, so you yeah, just, like with a raccoon. Yeah, that was like yeah. right. That right. was yeah, not yeah. a CG raccoon. That's that was an animatronic yeah. raccoon. There, but no, it's so charming. Yeah. yeah, it's charming. There's no way you're looking at that raccoon and be like, <laughs> I, "That could be a real raccoon." Yeah. It could not be a real raccoon. It's a hundred percent a puppet. But you don't care because everything's happening so fast and it's yeah. hilarious. And it's way better than if it was a realistic CG raccoon. Yeah, it's so much cuter and better. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the music video vibe of sure. it. Like you would you wouldn't expect a music video to go all out and have like a photorealistic looking cgi raccoon you'd expect them to be like like there's there's a sort of like homemade quality that that is charming totally i love it i i love the effects in this movie to me i walked out of it i'm like this must have been a really expensive movie it was only 25 million dollars uh wow, they did a lot right. they did a yeah. lot with the 25 million and you can look back and be like oh you can see that the sets are pretty limited like a lot of it takes place inside that office building and mm-hmm. like a lot of the same multiverse but at stuff. the same time i just thought Wow, this must have been a lot of work because they have so many of those like match frame yeah. montages where it's like Evelyn's face is in the center of the frame and the background and her hairstyle and makeup keeps changing as if like those photos where you're like, I, I grew a beard and took a picture of one day for the last seven years. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. that, but I'm like, how do they, maybe that they did it crazy. on the cheap with stock footage and stuff like that, but it just looked like they had to shoot. All right, now we're in Tokyo getting this one shot and now we're in Egypt getting this one yeah. shot. I, I mean, just, I doubt that they work were. Was yeah. All of this. I, yeah, I don't think they were flying around, but they. I, I agree that especially as the movie went on, there was more and more of them that would happen in each montage, and they were happening faster. Yeah. So the final one, it's like there's hundreds and hundreds of these close-ups that yeah. are happening, and they're like, I'm sure there might be duplicates, and I'm really excited for someone to slow it down and like break down what it is. Yeah. And they take the time to tell jokes in it. Like one time when she's screaming. And it's cutting through all her different faces screaming. It cuts to the urn screaming because you've seen Waymond hold the urn that's her. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't see that one. I didn't notice that either. It's so funny. But uh, so normally I say that the movie has to be. I'm going to rewatch this movie, even though I normally don't appreciate like having to rewatch a movie. But this one is just like it's literally that dense. Like I want to go back and find the things that I missed because there's so much in there. It's crazy. So much. But it's still such a thrill the first time. Yeah. Like it's like 100% a great watch. This it's is just so this... inventive. Like when they cut totally. to the rocks and then we're just, <laughs> the whole theater is just silently just like reading, yeah. reading these dialogue boxes. Oh, man. And but, I think that's what I'm talking about when I'm like, this is what a movie should be. Like a movie should have these moments where you're just like, whoa, what are we doing? Totally. And you're having this collective moment with everyone else in the theater where everyone is like, okay. It's a so it's a quiet part, so everyone has to be quiet. And we're just you know like, what the all reading like it's just a, it's an unusual experience. The, the, the best like to tell for me was I was sitting beside, uh, uh, I guess like a young. I didn't really get a look at her, but I think she was like probably twenty somethings to thirty somethings, 
Asian woman. Yeah. And she, throughout the movie, I could tell, like, the whole audience was howling and laughing. But I could tell she was, like, uncomfortable by what she was seeing. But she oh. was still laughing. Like, during the scenes where they were trying to jump on the butt plugs, she was like, <laughs> this is, so, what is she saying? Like, to something to the effect of, like, this is so vulgar. This is so gross. But she was still laughing. Yeah. So it just, yeah, it was yeah. perfect. She, like, went to see the movie because of this, like, family drama that she's going to relate to. Yeah. But then they totally dovetailed that and brought her along oh, with the way, uh, with, along the ride in a way that didn't ever alienate her. Right. And kind of just expanded what she, like, I didn't know I would think that was funny. Yeah. I didn't know, like, this photorealistic blood on a dildo would be like acceptable to me. Nah. But it totally worked. They like they, they yeah. did it. And maybe that's because there's two of them. They can take disparate things and put them together. I don't know. But yeah. amazing. I feel like I feel like that's an important thing. Like you were just saying there's this like there's this family drama that probably drew in some people to see this. And I think the reason a big reason why this movie works so well is because er, despite having like so many disparate things happening and so much like crazy throw stimuli at your face like so much is happening but at the core of it it's got this family drama and that's what it's really about it's Mm -hmm. not actually about hey can we like push boundaries as much as we can and like oh we want people to be grossed out like that, that that wasn't their intention like there are kind of gross funny things that happen in the movie but the underpinning to it is this family drama and we we uh what's her name What's Evelyn? Evelyn is on screen almost the entire movie. Yeah. Like there's very, very few shots where she's not there. And we are seeing the entire thing happen through her eyes and feeling her connection to her family and like her pain and like trying to like fix things. Uh, I, like that having that through line there is so necessary because there's so many movies that I've seen that I don't like that are like this in the way of having like the, all this crazy stimuli. Totally. Well, well, they were restrained because they in that butt plug falling on scene, they pixelated the guy. Which is smart. <laughs> I thought that was smart. Because like yeah. they could have pushed the joke by having like a dangling wiener, but yeah. it just felt better. Like it felt sillier it almost. It did feel better. Because it was like restrained because they, they I think they knew like we're going to bring in people from here. We're going to bring them all the way up to here, but we can't go, <laughs> we can't go that far because then we're going to lose them. And yeah. I, it could have been the fact yeah. that they just didn't want an R rating or something yeah. like that, but I don't, it didn't feel I don't like think that. that's what it was. I, I can't believe that sequence, like the amount of gut deep gut laughing it got for me because it's stupid like it's in order to get the powers from another universe inside their brain they have to fucking jump butt slam onto a butt plug right right, and like they're like the second they look at it and he pulls his pants down like you're like no come on and then the dude comes running (laughs) (laughs) he's holding his legs open as he's midair like but it, it just fucking works. It's yeah. I want to talk about the jumping pad thing because I think that's a big reason why it worked because they ground the weirdness. Also, not only is there this family story, but they ground the weirdness in this real in-universe lore, totally. like detailed mechanic. It's brilliant. Where they have to do it in order to access yeah. those powers. And it's like a sci-fi homage thing. It's almost parody in a way. Mm. It's like an inception where it's like, we need the kick. We yeah, need to like yeah, yeah, yeah. startle your body so you wake up. So they... Right. No. They d- to explain for well, the viewers, I, I mean, if you haven't seen this movie, what the hell are you doing? Go see, doing? It. Go see, go it. see it. But uh, if you haven't seen it, it's a it's a mechanic where in order to get to a universe they want to get to, where like they, you know, there's a kung fu master version of yourself or something, you need to slingshot yourself there by going to a more closer universe where your your character does something uh, weird. It does something uh, statistically improbable. Yes. So. 
the characters end up doing these like super weird things in order to launch themselves to another version of themselves yeah, that like they need. The first one is he has to paper cut in between his knuckles. Yeah. That was yeah. hilarious. Amazing and visceral and ugh. everyone in the theater was like body horroring yeah. out yeah. about that. <laughs> that wasn't the first one though. Oh, the, the first, first one was he tells her in the note, change your shoes to the wrong feet. Oh, you're right. You're right. But we just don't know at yeah, that point. You're right. Right. Did she ever change the shoes back? <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the movie? <laughs> yeah. That's something I want to go back and see. It's like, is she wearing the wrong shoes? I actually have a question on this topic is, can people, can everybody occupy or possess or or take the skills from multiple other versions of themselves at once? Or can she, only she can do that? What well, do I mean? think that's I like- mean, like, if you're like, oh, I need... Uh, kung fu skills right now i'm gonna jump into the kung fu person brain i'm gonna occupy those skills are you limited to just that and then when you want like supreme driving skills you need to ditch those it kung fu like, skills and then occupy the like one at a time right it seems like once she's achieved jobu tataki tabaki level then she can just like pull from any universe right will but without, i think not most people but, but wayman though most alpha wayman he occupies the universe that she's in just so he can be there beside her but then he also has these mad kung fu skills. But I think that's from his universe because he's been training. As Alpha Wayman, he yeah. has I, kung I fu think skills. that it's like if you went deep into the lore, I'm Wait, guessing no. people... Because don't... he did something weird. He did something weird oh, yeah. before Ooh, he did right. He's in that thing. universe and then he does the chapstick thing to get the, the kung it seems, fu powers. It seems like you know he's someone who has who's had training, so yeah. he, he can be in one universe while accessing skills from yet another universe that is not his home universe. But he still has to do the jumping pad thing, whereas... When you get to Jobu Tupaki level, you can just access everything all everything at once. At once. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everything. Mm-hmm. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that going on autopilot is like synonymous with you kind of like being in another universe. Like I love the idea that she, Evelyn is constantly daydreaming and everyone's like, hey, hey, what are you doing? Like come back. And she's like, huh? And I love the idea that when people are doing that, they're actually kind of like, like stepping into another universe for a second. That's what I'm doing. That's what that's what I do every time James talks. You don't want to know what happens over there. <laughs> like I'm on glimpse, another podcast. Glimpse into it. It's just hedonism. It's just raccoons on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> They're just raccoons. Um, yeah, so I thought that was a really cool idea. <laughs> when we went to the rock scene, someone in the audience was like, "They're rocking out." Mm. <laughs> I, I, th- I think they were like on mushrooms or something I heard mm. some murmurings at the end of the show of Like yeah I was like kind of only half engaged throughout Yeah anyways oh, You gotta be fully engaged This is a fully engaged I'm excited movie. to watch this movie enhanced I wasn't enhanced when I watched right. it But I think it'll be a good That's time. good you had the dry run <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> this I plan on going to see this again in theaters I am blown away Yeah I, This is like exactly the kind of movie I dream of having Of watching <laughs> this is just like I'm so happy. Oh man, what did you guys think of um, the part where Wayman's explaining to her like? So it's after Deirdre has attacked them, and they're kind of like running through the building, and they've like lost her for a second. And Wayman's ex- explanation of what's going on involves like, oh, you know, you feel as if things are bad. Our institutions are crumbling. No one trusts anyone anymore. And I was also at that time, I was like, whoa, this is like some pandemic pandemic vibes right now. Yeah. And then he was like, our mission is to, we have to get back to normalcy. Like we have to get back to the, the way things were before. Mm. Did that guys, did that make you guys think of anything? Like, 
Like, did, did that hit Make you America as a thematic? Great again? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Oh boy! No, that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to like. No, but that was think, just like an yeah. interesting point that seemed very, very like it kind of took me out of the movie for a second because I was like, "Whoa, this seems like very, very specific." Like we're saying something about the real world right now. Yeah, they're saying politically over, over the course of one presidency, their whole the republic is crumbling, and now right. America has no uh, preeminence on the world stage. But and I don't, everyone's like, "What happened to the good, the leader country? They suck now. What do but we I do?" Don't, I don't think that was. That was just Trump that did that. Like things were going bad before that. Sure, just throwing gasoline on a fire. It's true. It's true. And then the pandemic and everything. And then, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot. There's a lot of elements of our society today where we're like, what happened to trust in in institutions? Right. Like news media. What happened to trusting experts like scientists? Mm -hmm. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. why is Alex Jones just as credible as someone else? Like people people factionalizing into like we're over here and they're over here and they're the evil people and they're the we're the good people and blah 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 but i uh, that's what i thought was interesting was that wayman's solution is to hey just be kind yeah like these people that you are fighting that uh you know have their own uh motivations and their own like beliefs that maybe based on reality or not based on reality they're just people and we're all just people and uh, the the solution is not to fight and defeat the enemy. The solution is to be kind and like unite in something. But that was in service of destroying this villain, which was chaos. Like chaos is taking over the world. We need to stop it. And then that's right. his way of stopping. And I it. think but Alpha Wayman said, well, "Go ahead." Well, I don't think that it's necessarily chaos is the at the end is the villain. I think chaos is the gateway that leads to this despair. And I think that's really what it is. Is this despair that Joy has due to recognizing that it is all chaos. Right. Like the, the final scenes when she, like it, it, when she jumps off the, the canyon as a rock, you're like, oh, it's like a sort of a metaphor for suicide or like a visual of suicide. Like yeah. she's, well, she's trying she's to kill lost, herself. Yeah. She's lost hope. She's, yeah, she's trying to erase herself. Yeah. Uh, and so it's less about, to me, at, at the end, what I liked is that it turned it from like, oh, just like nothing is worth anything and it, and to, into just despair and right. that, that depression. Yeah. I think that the, it's, I loved that the solution to that, because it's like, okay, we understand that there's a multiverse. We understand that everything's chaotic and maybe nothing matters. But the solution to that is to decide to be kind, decide to have this sort of like normalcy and, you know, be close to the people you care about and show them that you care them mm-hmm. uh, care about them. And like that decision to, despite all this chaos, to like create some sort of order in the midst of that, I thought that was beautiful. Well, because it comes back to the personal story, which is how Evelyn contributes to Joy's despair in just being kind of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Well, and she, <laughs> well, I mean, Alpha Evelyn created Jobu Tataki by pushing her too too, too hard, hard, you know, mm-hmm. and that like, yeah, messed her up. Well, I like the the way the movie kind of examines the central themes through the kind of the three main characters it's examining, like Joy. The, uh, Waymond and herself mm-hmm. and each one kind of gives you a different uh yeah dimension of this idea and man like Evelyn is just such a she has such a journey and I I, I don't know I just felt so connected with her right all throughout and like these breakthroughs <clears throat> and these moments and I love the 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 breakthrough she has with joy when she's like oh I this is the answer I have to bring her and Becky to the my to my dad and and show that I accept her but right. like that's not it. That's not it. Like that's not what the point was. And she mm-hmm. has to go one step further right. and really grow that one extra bit. I'm like, oh, because the movie could have gotten there. The movie could have gotten to be like, 
nice. Now that she accepts her daughter, that's the win. Mm-hmm. But the movie just has so much more underneath that it's trying to point out. And, so um, what was that extra bit? I don't know if I fully appreciated it. I think I agree with David where I felt that like when she brought Becky and her and Joy to Gong Gong, it kind of seemed like she's like, okay, uh, I can make everything fine. All we need to do is just, if you want me to recognize Becky, I'll just recognize Becky. And then like, it's an easy, it's an easy fix. But then, yeah, Joy runs back out to the car. And I think that scene is great because it's a, it's like, it calls us back to the original time earlier in the movie when Joy runs away and she like follows her out to the car. And she and gets she, so close. She gets so close, but she says, she says, wait, 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 Joy, I have to tell you something. Wait, don't go. And Joy turns around and she's like, eat healthier. You're getting fat. Yeah. <laughs> and no, it's like, it's, no, that's the wrong thing. And then we see the fulfillment of that later yeah. when she's like, no, I'm okay. I'm not going to like, that's, that's what her traditional family sort of instincts tell her to mm-hmm. say. And that is definitely something in, in, in Asian families or in Chinese families, at least the, like my, my Chinese friends have told you, like, that's how you show like love to people well, is like being upfront with them about that. Even the movie acknowledges that. And I think it does a brilliant job of setting it up where Becky and Joy are talking about it. And Becky's like, I know, like if she says I'm fat and I should lose weight, that means she cares. Right. Uh, right so it's yes. set up. Then it's like, oh, you see Evelyn trying, but like clearly that's not what Joy needs in this moment. Right. But then at the end, it sort of pays off again when when Evelyn goes to Becky and is like. Your hair sucks. Get a haircut, <laughs> yeah. which is cool because like yeah. it shows that they're reta- she's retaining that part of herself. Right, totally. right. Yeah, I mean that's a it's definitely a part of uh, that. You know, I don't have that. Uh, I didn't have that experience in my in my upbringing. You know, it was like if my parents said that you to me, it'd be like abusive. You know, <laughs> but I think that like it's it's cool getting like a window into that culture where it's like the the fact that Becky is in the family now is like emphasized by that you know it's yeah. like oh we're gonna be upfront with you we're gonna be honest yeah, yeah. It, it's funny this movie does really feel like Scott Pilgrim like especially all the fights but that final fight I can almost see as she's going up the stairs the like score counter like she like fights the people and like the the different love the, you the, can almost hear the like the points meter yeah, uh, yeah, yeah and then and then like even the fact that there's like her three family members that she has to beat like they're like the bosses uh right. and you can see, i can just yeah i can see the score going up and i love that yeah like, i i just feel yeah i feel like this movie i feel like this movie is these guys are better than edgar wright oh. ever could be oh you know what's interesting? What it's I th- just like I, I had that styles. kind of adversarial, adversarial, combative kind of approach to it at first as well. But then I thought, well, if they're doing something so similar to him, and we look back twenty five years in the future, back to this time, will we see it as more of a movement? Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, the, there are certain filmmakers who did this thing, right? Rather than being like, yeah, you're just better at it than you. It is interesting. I mean, like, is this a genre? Like, uh, what is this like frenetic? crazy universe it's reality TikTok, it's TikTok the movie <laughs> the pacing of this movie but, man but it's, i mean scott pilgrim came out in what like 20, 2010 yeah it was a long time ago like, i don't well i don't think scott pilgrim was like that i mean this one specifically was it was so relentless in the pacing yeah they if were explaining a new element of how it worked like at all times all times yeah it, until pfft, that's why i say i did kind of in the last 20 minutes i was kind of like Okay, here's another montage of the background changing behind her. Like, I kind of get it now. Let's wrap it up. I, yeah, but I mean, but at least for the first like three quarters of the movie, it was just like new information, I, new, yeah. a new change. I hear you because like I think that the movie is very mentally exhausting. But I also think that the, it, it, because it's doing new things, I just felt like my I never dis I could never disengage. I, I like right. I was just so thrilled 
And I haven't been thrilled watching a movie in yeah. I don't know how long. Yeah, I want to be thrilled. Yeah. Because we've seen, I think that's what's so great about it, is that we've seen so many action adventures by this point. It's like, you know, watching Sonic 2 last week. Yeah. It was like... It's fine. Yeah, it's pretty, it's fine, I guess. I don't know. They had a big CGI fight and the robot fell down. Okay, cool. <laughs> and in this one, it's just like, it's just... uh it it makes movies new again. It makes totally. it makes you, it makes you feel like a kid discovering that like such things are possible. That's why I was saying that the, the most creative people in Hollywood are out. Even like the rock scene that you don't. There's nothing going on, or there's lots of going on, but it's it's silent. What I'm saying is you still lean in and are engaged, even yeah. though it's quiet. It doesn't have to be an explosion. And I then, think when I said it, like, it was exhausting to watch, I didn't mean that in like a negative way. I yeah. think that I mean I guess it's sort of a negative thing where it's just like. Hey, just be aware going in. Next, uh, bring snacks. You know, like get yeah, yeah. get ready to you're expend to, some energy. Your entire brain power for yes, the whole two hours. Yes, yes. And but like that's what I want. I, that's what I want out of a movie. I want me to be fully engaged. And if I'm, you know, again, if I put take points off, it's not because I wasn't fully engaged. It was because it was just engaging slightly different parts of my sure. brain. Oh man. man! Shout out to that rock. I part. loved it. I think <laughs> yeah, the rock part so, was so good. But it, it kind of like filled me with awe in the right way. Yes. Where like you're yeah you're it's a moment where like you have to pause and you have to, it's a breath in this relentless movie and it just, it says so many things and when it comes back to it and she's trying to show her, like her motherly love and she has the, like she turns around, she has the googly eyes <laughs> and she's chasing her. And yeah. she, like, it's just so, Stop it. so yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah. so Stop. funny, but it feels so sweet. And I like the fact that they conveyed that with just rocks and text is wild. Yeah. It's wild. But I think like during that moment, uh, it's it's not only brilliant because like they have the courage just to like drop everything and and do that for a second. It's also it was also amazing because I could like I just recognized the mastery of these filmmakers to realize that the rest of the movie has a vibe and now we're just going to like we're going to give it to you, give it to you, give it to you, give it to you and take it away. Yeah. And now we're just like it's just silence. And in a way that characterizes joy. She right. Said, I come here because I just feel like have more space and totally. things can slow down. Yeah. Like it served a purpose, and it all it has that premise paint where it's like, what's something that can only happen in this movie? Right. Like, well, this can only happen in this movie. <laughs> yeah. I can't be watching Batman and suddenly Batman <laughs> yeah. occupies a rock and him and Alfred are like at the top of a gorge. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. yeah. But in I, this one, you can. Yeah. It's interesting to see like this is a multiverse movie. Spider Verse is a multiverse movie. The 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 other Spider Man movie is a multiverse, multiverse movie. We're getting Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I I'm I am a little concerned that we're gonna get all these like crazy mind bending like reality shifting movies. I have a multiverse screenplay. <laughs> <laughs> of Love course it. you do. I think that it's like I I'm a little concerned that we're gonna get multiverse fatigue. Sure, it could happen. At least in this case, it's not. A multiverse that serves commercial purposes, where yeah, at least right. half of those were like, "Hmm, how do we get all of our properties into one movie?" <laughs> well, and like, yeah, Sp- yeah. in Spider Verse felt like a total passion of love, but No Way Home is is awesome. But you can just see like they're like, "Oh, into the Spider Verse worked. How do we make that work yeah. for us?" So I, th- I yeah, it's also, I think- it's also barely a multiverse movie. It's just like we're bringing all these characters into it. No Way Home. Oh, No Way Home. No Way Home. Where yeah, it's like, we're so. bringing them into here and we're going to deal with it. Yeah, I mean, it, like, I don't know. They, they they involve multiple universes, but they don't really like, they don't hop travel. between them. Yeah, no. but still, it's, it's like... It's a multiverse movie. Yeah, for sure. yeah. I think that this one benefited from not being a Spider-Man movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, uh, I don't know. I'm not really that concerned because this movie was amazing. 
and hope, so hopefully we don't get just like a bunch of copycats but i think it sounds like it's time riley sure nitpicks i honestly i don't have a single nitpick i have a, a hit pick though yeah, no, I have hit picks. picks. I don't have. I nitpicks. love how the when they cut back to the Alpha universe, all the technology that they're using to jump and everything is just like dollar store LEDs. <laughs> like they just yeah, like, they didn't give a shit about it. That, yeah. That's the so charm. Charming. That's the charm. So I, I like. I've I've been struggling to to describe this. It's just like the music video vibe. It like I I feel it in the censoring of the of the body parts when the when the yeah. in the dildo scene. I feel it with like the. The cheap props type of thing. But it also feels like their thing. Like there were a couple shots where I just thought, I'm having a weird feeling. And I think it's the recognition or it's the nostalgia of the feeling I had uh, when I'm watching Swiss Army Man. Like I feel mm. like it has the same production designers as well who had to make all those weird props with sticks yeah. out in the woods. Yeah. I feel like they worked on this too. They didn't yeah. have the same constraints, but some, yeah. of, some of that history came with them. Totally. I th- honestly, I think some of the, some of why it works so well having like these court, sort of like low budget looking props and stuff and, and effects and stuff is because it's so quick and because everything else in the movie is so tight. The editing and the performances and the music and like the 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 comedy beats, everything is hitting so well that when it quickly cuts to this like CRT computer screen and it looks like this stupid <laughs> UI for like a multiverse yeah. uh, management software, like you don't <laughs> think about the fact that like, that's not what it would look like. No. You just yeah, because it's like tenth down on a list. Yeah, I'm trying to comprehend what I'm looking at, totally. like just to keep a pace with the story. Yeah, and like, it, it is good exposition. No, it's great. I mean, if it was another, if it was another movie that took more time with those shots, and it's like, okay, we're gonna be in Alpha Universe now for 20 minutes, and not without jumping to the other ones, and you'd see all like they're sort of like <laughs> low indie movie budget gadgetry. looking gadgetry, and you're just kind of like. This doesn't look real, but because it's so quick and boom, 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 and we're yeah. going to the next thing, you're just like, great, I love it. It's love also because this is kind of at its core a comedy that mm-hmm. you're yes. also just like, nah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. Like, you're not like, oh, Christopher Nolan, how could you? That was not how it would work. Yeah. It, is a com- it is a comedy, but it's also just like a super deep drama. And I think, what, like, this is Sci-fi another dramedy. This is, yes, sure. I don't know. Yeah. This is another trend that's happening with movies that I love, which is just genre blending. Like, it doesn't have to be a comedy. It doesn't have to be a drama. It doesn't have to be a sci-fi. It can be literally everything. All at All once. once. All at once. Hey. Nice. I just wish more people would do it. I want to get through my one nitpick. Okay. Which is the imagery, repeated use of the term bagel. Kind of took me out of it a little bit. <laughs> Wait, why? I don't know. It's like, it's silly. And it, it kind of happened at times where I felt like that that silliness undercut the awe of calling it a bagel yeah and like it's it's I they love never the say idea. the words everything bagel yeah they do yeah they she say, has, I, I put everything on a bagel oh what she yeah, said. yeah, yeah. And i was like oh like an everything bagel yeah but yeah. it's like so yeah. it's that's why it's an epic it's such a small thing but the, that was the one time my brain was like just like uh, oh uh. really yeah interesting just i mean too many times the word bagel <laughs> all right <laughs> the all bagel right. just i don't know what it is about bagels. bagels it takes me out of it yeah yeah no i loved the everything bagel i thought that like the idea i don't know it's just such a stupid it's joke so stupid that also worked well with like the multiversal yeah. themes like like we have a thing in the real world called an everything bagel it doesn't yeah. have everything on it <laughs> it just has a lot of stuff that you would consider I, putting on a bagel i liked it because they were describing it as like she made like something like a black hole and then it comes up with this one of those complex, sexy sci-fi shapes, the Taurus. 
Right. Which is just shaped like a bagel, so they just call it that. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're right. right. They could have called it the yeah, the eternal Taurus or whatever. Wait, yeah, what wait, what is a Taurus? It's a, it's a Ford. Yeah, I see you it's have a, the definition. It's a surface of a in geometry, a Taurus is a surface of revolution generated by revolving a circle in three dimensional space about oh. an axis that is coplanar with the circle. See, that's interesting. Because yeah. that's not really a black hole. I don't know. I love that. I think I feel like I feel like there was enough there for you to make like connect yeah. the threads to our real world and have it be like, oh, that's funny and meaningful. And so, it's whatever. and like it's an the visual thing. of it was excellent. Like I love the way that it pulls in the light in every yeah. shot you see it. Like that white temple, stunning. Oh yeah, it's like such a cool visual. Is that the same thing they used in Beyonce? Uh, oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Black is King. It looked great, but it didn't look that expensive. Like no. I think they, I think they know how to stretch a dollar. Totally. What's up with Jobu Tupaki? Is that a <laughs> anagram? <laughs> oh, it must be. Oh, I thought there was some sort of um, uh, explanation for that in the, in the in the in the movie. But I, dang it, man. I was googling it and read it, and no post came up. So I don't know. Do you have any nitpicks or rip, nit, hit, I, other picks, Riley? Um, Mid picks. I love uh, when he first pulls her into the closet and he's explaining everything, and she and he's like, "There, there could be nothing more important than like what I'm telling you right now." And she just like pushes his face away with her hand, and she's just like, <laughs> "She's like very busy. No, no time to like no time for this." Yeah. And then also at that point, he's like, "It's the you know he's telling her the name of the village, and he's just like the Jobu Tapaki." And she's like, you're just making up sounds. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, like, it's like it's hard to have real hit picks because like they were the literally happening movie. every second almost. I have I have some. I love when they're escaping Deirdre and they get into the conference room and he's like, cream cheese. And he eats the cream cheese and he's like, oh, he explains like, oh, cows in our universe are dead. Like we don't have any dairy. And then he takes half and half and he just drinks half and half. Which is <laughs> disgusting. I can do. It. I love that. Oh, really? That. Yeah. When yeah, I was a kid, so when we used to go to restaurants, and I didn't know what they were. I was like, "Oh, there's like those little milks on the table," <laughs> and you'd be like waiting for your order, and I, you know, just a hyper kid, like, "Oh, just drink a couple of little milks," and yeah, I yeah, yeah. still will do that today. Like, yeah. I don't because now I understand that other adults are like, "What the fuck are you doing?" That's <laughs> uh, bad manners. But no, but it's I like, drank yeah. that stuff as a kid. Yeah, I mean, it's just yeah. better milk. Yeah, just tastier. Yeah. I, someone else, when I was a teenager, was like, what, ew, that's for coffee. And they bet me, like, I couldn't drink a liter of it without puking. Oh, and that, that was liter? the easiest $5 I ever made. Jeez, nice. Louise. Love that. Yeah, I love when he's like, cream cheese. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just a good little bit of world building. It's yeah. Like a, it's a good throwaway joke, but it also serves a purpose. And I think the movie's really good at making sure there's not, like, single-use things. Everything has a second or a third purpose. Yeah. I, uh... Big hit pick is the opening shot, which is the shot of Joy, Evelyn, and Waymond laughing together in like kind of colored lights through the mirror and almost blackness of like the chaos of their house elsewhere. And then it's a push in on that. And then it tilts down as that turns to daylight and it shows her uh, in her chaos of her everyday mundane life. But I, the it's a beautiful shot. It tracks over to her and then you see uh, you see women in another mirror and they have their conversation and it's like a great jump from like family time to her and her despair in this in this right. situation. Was that a flashback then or what was that? I'm not sure what it was but it's like it kind of situates you but what I, that, what I think is really cool is with the context of the later movie how they display all the other universes it's all these like little circles right. and so that mirror all of a sudden is like it's just a little universe and yeah. you're seeing a window into this 
this universe where they're happy. But you don't know that yet. But you don't know that yet. And it's so fucking brilliant. And it's it's showing, and because like when they transition between universes, often it's like a cracked glass thing too. Oh, totally. Yeah. So it's like a mirror that totally works. Yeah. Fucking brilliant. I love when filmmakers do that. It's like the beginning of the prestige and you're looking at all those top hats on the ground. You're like, that's going to be a thing. But by the time I see it, I'm not going to remember. Yeah. Yeah, Second watch. Second watch. Uh, Uh, I have a hit pick. Go for it. The vagina hands. That's about, was my next one. <laughs> when was that? Was when she's so like, bad. I want to show you. I oh, yeah. Show you. <laughs> show you and they do the vagina. You could tell it, who in the audience knew what that was. Yeah. yeah. Some people were just like sitting there silently and I was like. <laughs> yeah. As Lord, soon as she put the first person yeah. with her hands, I was like, uh. I was what? laughing. I was like, oh, my God. And Lauren was like, what? Well, I thought the joke I'm was like, going to be like, I'm, I'm a lesbian. Like, get over it. I thought oh, that was the joke. Yeah, but maybe. then it's like, no, she shows her the bagel. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I just loved how it was just. I mean, because later they do a different hand thing and they open a that window. That was cool too. And that one yeah. actually summons the bagel. <clears throat> right, right. Which is interesting. Um, Shout out to the hot dog universe. We've talked about it briefly, <laughs> briefly, but when they set up that musical that plays on the TV and then in the hot dog, yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, when they're I playing, have more questions. When yeah. she's playing piano with her feet. I was like, those toes look kind of off. And then I thought, I know this is my theory. My theory is that it's the feet that are playing the piano are a prosthetic that some a piano player actor's hands oh. went into, and like they're like gloves that look like feet. Maybe, maybe because like, I, I they're did, using they're hitting these chords using like the pinky toe and stuff. Work. Yeah, I did notice that the the toes. I'm not sure if all the notes were right, but at least some of them were it right. Looked, it looked convincing. Yeah, for yeah. feet. <laughs> like I, I, I know that I know that like at least two or out of out of like three or four of the notes were were right for yeah. a few of the chords. I recognize that, but I'm not sure whether all, like I couldn't obviously verify whether they were all hitting the right ones. Yeah. I think it might have just been someone's feet. I don't know because I, I wasn't going with the the notes theory. I was just going oh. by looking at the feet and how they looked. I'm like. Some something's have... wrong about them. I think they're like uh, I mean, I'm not trying to body shame if they actually are someone's feet, but they just looked proportionally. It looked like they could have been prosthetics. I mean, I, uh, those are some people have some prehensile toes. That's true. No one has prehensile toes. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> they're people that your toes are prehensile. Agile? No, they're not. They have joints. Just like going oh, like this I'm, is not. I'm pre- misusing I'm bend- the word. Prehensile. I'm bending my finger right now. What does prehensile mean? That's like an elephant trunk, or a oh. snake's body, or a possum's tail. Capable of tail. grasping, but it like wraps around. Like I don't think it just means it just means capable of grasping. It doesn't have to mean there's no joints. The the image that comes up beside it is a monkey's tail wrapped around a branch. Yeah, but there's because it's usually used to refer to like it's animals. It's not used to refer to like your hand grabbing a branch. Chiefly of an animal's limb or tail. Yeah. Prehensile just means it's not static. It can move and grab stuff. Elephants have prehensile dicks. Did you know that? I, we need a biologist. I, I think turtles to, do too. Sh- sh- Reach out to us. I have a bio minor. Get my real, my <laughs> you bastard. The, the, the hit pick about the hot dog universe I wanted to really bring up is that 2001 moment. Yo, what hold is on. Like the monk- yeah, 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 the yeah. Monk- that was hilarious. <laughs> what were they doing it in that one? They, well, it was like, it's it like, was just from 2001. It's 2001, but it's like the monkeys with the hot dog hands kill the regular monkeys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so good. <laughs> so funny. Yo, a quick, I Googled our human hands prehensile, all, though to different degrees possesses i don't know this, oh, this so is dumb. weird prehensile grasping hands and all except humans prehensile feet so we're talking specifically about toes here and this little article on britannica.com says humans don't have prehensile feet yeah i know that's what i'm saying some people have 
some prehensile feet. Like they could grab stuff with it. Like not everybody. I'm saying I'm saying maybe they found an exceptional human who has a greater than normal ability to control their toes. Hey, on Wikipedia for hand, it oh. says a hand is prehensile. There you go. Multi-fingered appendage located at the... D- 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 That's what okay. I'm saying. Hmm. Another hit pick. I just thought it had to bend more than that. Another hit pick. <laughs> the, we talked about the Matrix music cue, but the music cue for the Claire de Lune, mm. uh, which is like a very famous piano tune, if you don't know that name, I'm sure you've heard the song. It's Look at it the up. ends of Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, exactly. It's in a bunch of movies. Um, but it the payoff of it is happening when... Deirdre's flying through the air with her knee and she's going to attack Evelyn. Yeah. But it's been building up in these moments. And it's kind of, the point is, it's when uh, Evelyn connects with the Kung Fu-verse and she gets all the power. But it's it's a beautiful song. But every time she's kind of connecting with the other universes, it gives you like a little hint of the music oh, yeah. for the 10 minutes before. So it's building up towards it. Oh, man. So when the music, the full musical cue happens, it's this huge release. And like, maybe not everyone noticed it, but I, I was like, oh, I recognize that. That's interesting. And when it happened, my gut was just like yeah it's such a good (laughs) it's so amazing just because like it's like the the juxtaposition of they're in a fight or flight situation they're about to be killed by deirdre's knee (laughs) and and in that moment we have uh evelyn kneel down and like give the most sincere i love you and it's just like (laughs) it's just like two completely different intense uh feelings like genre bending yeah so good and what's so good is that the i love you is set up as a joke it's set up as like a totally silly thing but then it fucking comes back later and you see a universe where she does love her so much right it actually matters and then in the main universe she has to show deirdre love and like hang out with her and like help her get through her grief and it all fucking ties together it's so good there's lots of good harmonies in this movie i don't know if this is a nitpick or just a discomfort i had on the first watch which is you know when you're trying to keep the mechanics of how it all works in your head while you're watching it and some movies fail like tenant and this this (laughs) and some movies are great at that for like inception you're like you might have to talk about it a little debrief after the film but you pretty much get get it. it but in this movie i what i struggled with is they Evelyn will go through and be kind of like meta and omniscient and omni uh, present with joy a lot. And they're just switching through and they're having conversations right. kind of like outside of reality, like when they go to be rocks or whatever. But then then it'll swap switch back to like an actual timeline. Now we're back to the timeline we saw at the beginning of the movie where we're talking to grandpa and stuff like that. Yeah. And when it does that, I can kind of tell like, hey, Evelyn is her Evelyn self and like and Waymond is his the Wayman from that universe but then I yeah. never really know what joy is <clears throat> like is joy back to being the joy that has limited knowledge of like just this little drama they're having right now Well, I think that it's like it's both and I think that yeah. it's the same with Evelyn where it's both she is this like celestial being but she is also just Evelyn uh, and it's these moments where love is breaking through to her and joy in that moment is like having Evelyn's love reach into the darkness and like right. reach her and I think that's kind of the point. I hear what you're saying because, like, you're like, oh, it's just humans again. Yeah. But it's not super clear. But I think for me, it was both. It, and it's- yeah, because at one point, remember when they're like, oh, you should kill Joy, because then the uh, Joby Chipotle <laughs> or whatever, yeah. uh, Joby Chipotle, she like <laughs> she can't occupy that joy, joy, right, in that universe. So you should give her like fewer resources. So you should oh kill God. this one. So that indicates that when we go back to okay, screw the ethereal stuff. We're going back to an actual timeline. It would be just a regular human joy who's not omniscient. Yeah. But then, then it seems like omniscient, like jo- Chipotle will kind of be, like poke her head in and. Be- 
I don't know. Chipotle. <laughs> I was. How did we only just start calling her that now? Is my yeah. question. Uh, um, I was so worried in that moment when she had the knife. I was like, I really hope the movie doesn't mm, go that dark. I now, didn't think she was going to. I, I'm, but it I, was real. Like the moment was real because yeah. I was like, "Damn!" Like, can you imagine sitting there, like, with your parent coming up to you with a knife, being like, "I'm gonna kill you." Yeah, I was like, oh, I know." And then I kept thinking about like, what if, like, for everyone else in the room looking at her erratic behavior, like, is she have like a mental illness? Yeah. Like, is this? Are we gonna learn this is all in her head? Oh, Man, that was be? so real when she when um like they they lock themselves in the room and Jobu like can't get in or Jobu leaves or whatever and. Then she's explaining to Waven and Joy what the deal is. And she's like, no, you see, there's multiple universes. And Joy is actually the Jobu Tabaki. And so I have to do this. And like, we jumped to the thing. And and they're like, mom, what are you talking about? And I was just like, this feels like, I've, ta- I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but like, I have a brother who has had, he's got bipolar. So he's like been manic and stuff. And like, it just was a flashback to this where I was just like, like this could totally be just someone who's just losing it like they're just in another reality right now like not really like just in their head you know it was a man that was rough that's good um i have a hit pick wait to go back to what you were saying about joy though were you were you confused about like who is the real jobu like it is jobu does jobu have access to all of these universes simultaneously or is it like she, there's one Jobu who is the Alpha Joy, and she can kind of take over all these other. Joys. I thought that I thought that's what it was. Yeah, because if we we're seeing what Evelyn does, it's more that Evelyn is still her, but she can reach into anything and everything. Right. It seemed like there was one scene where they're back in the laundromat, <clears throat> and I think it's Evelyn. Maybe Evelyn hasn't achieved like full uh, mind splintering yet, but she's trying to talk to Joy, and she's like. I know it's you or whatever. And Joy is acting like Joy for a second, but then she kind of like her face changes and then it's like, ah, I'm actually Jobu. And I'm like, okay, are you just Jobu all the time? It seemed like it seemed like she's just like hopping in though. Well, I, to me, it read as Jobu is Jobu, but it still has joy inside of her that still wants her mother's love. Right. Because uh, like that's because what- Jobu originates from a joy. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like, it's a broken joy. And so there's still joy there. Right. I love how they expand the lore, the universe, when Jobu first shows up in, in person, mm-hmm. where she's like wearing a different outfit and she's like causing effects. Like you realize that she actually has powers. She makes yeah. the guy puke out the yeah. confetti. That and was then, awesome. Then and his then head his head explodes. explodes into confetti. <laughs> and then I love that like she spins the dude dancing and he comes out in like the samba dress yeah. and the thing. And then, but it, she spins him in a way that blocks the bullets. It's so cool. It's so cool. Man, this movie's just full. You can see that they've been thinking about this movie for so long. Yeah. Like, it's not a in two years you write this movie. It's like a your whole life you've been thinking about this right. movie. But the, that sequence you're talking about, to me, is really in microcosm their their movie or their music video roots. Because totally. in music video, you don't have dot, you have nothing but the visuals. And, yeah. Yeah. And There's modern no rules. Modern, yeah, that too. Modern music videos are so colorful with amazing costumes and sets. And they yeah. tell stories just visually. And they have to have something to differentiate them. Totally. Totally. You have a couple more hit picks. Jenny Slate with the dog. Oh, my God. <laughs> Big nose. <laughs> she was she so throws funny. the dog. And then that's when that's when Evelyn first accesses the tip and Yaki thing. And she, like, does the back bend and cuts yeah, the yeah, leash. Cuts the, the dog the just le- fucking flies. <laughs> <laughs> 
was like, don't. Yeah. She was just like beating up this dog. I felt bad for the fictional dog. I didn't um, know whether or not to feel bad for the actor who gets cast as Big Nose. I'm like, one hand, that schnoz got you this role. Oh, it's Jenny Slate. I mean, yeah. she was on SNL. And her nose she's is a comedic actor. Big, yeah. she, she knows it's like, yeah. I don't know. That's just her vibe. All right. Um, and then the other hit pick is more of like a deeper, well, not thematic, but like a technical one where um, it's cutting between her fight with Deirdre and the universe where she's sitting in the van talking to Wayman about the divorce. And uh, she gets like hit by Deirdre and then she kind of like gets knocked into the other dimension and Waymond is like, I'm not trying to hurt you after she just got oh, punched. Yeah. And oh, then, yeah, yeah. And, he, and he's like, think about it. Unless it's an emergency, whenever I try to talk to you, you always get pulled away. Oh, yeah, and, the hand. and then Deirdre's hand <laughs> comes out and pulls her back in. So cool. It's just like that kind of choreography. It's just so like, brilliant. that's Daniels, baby. Yeah. That was really uh, Baby Driver esque to yeah. me. That was mm-hmm. almost a little too on the nose. I'm like, oh, yeah, really? okay. I was just so thrilled, man. Like when. You find they're trying to figure out what Deirdre's power is. They're like, is she sumo? Is she this? And then she's a pro wrestler, and yeah, she yeah. does the full back backbreaker on she's, on Wayman. That shot is so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have two hit picks. One is a fairly big one, and it's when we're in the sequence where where Evelyn and Wayman are connecting, where she's kind of having her love fight with him, and it's cutting between a bunch of stuff. But the big one is. Um, they're t- in the kung fu verse where they're both kind of like celebrities and like they're in their beautiful attire and the- they make out or they kiss yeah, yeah. in the alleyway when she's before she's had her breakthrough she's huge in the frame it's a close up on her and it's kind of like loosey goosey on Waymond but as he's talking and he's talking about how he's chosen goodness and love and he gives a speech about like I we would have been ha- I would have been happy even if we just owned a laundromat right they keep changing her frame when it cuts back to her and she's getting smaller and smaller in the frame. And it's like this visual of like, she, her power isn't as, isn't important. It's like, she's realizing that like what he, his love is power and Mm. she has to like shrink down and then accept love. And then she gets big again. Yeah. And it's like just the brilliant fucking visual cue. Also want to shout out. This movie has a great amount of meta. Because it cut, keeps cutting in the Kung Fu verse, they're watching the movie. Yeah. But it never feels great. like cheesy or tacky or distracting. Mm-hmm. And like the fake out ending where the credits actually yeah, roll. That yeah, was awesome. It was so good. Yeah, Lauren <laughs> was like, with like the credits rolled and she was like, what? And then, and then <laughs> it came back her? and she's like, oh, it's not actually over. Okay. No. Lauren. Well, you know, she's not <laughs> as, she's not as present in the multiverse as I am. <laughs> Shout out. All right, everybody. Shout out to people grounded in reality. Let's move on to our other sub- subject. Oops. Segment we call fan service. Damn, that little jingle gets stuck in my head. I know. Yeah, it's it's Marvel, baby. All right. This is an email we got from Tony Delaney. Um, I believe someone else has raised this before, but Tony says, has anyone ever mentioned that Riley totally called Julia Louis-Dreyfus becoming in quotes, some sort of government character in the MCU during the episode we did on Onward. Is it, well, Onward. Onward? Is, it, is yeah. she in Onward? Who is she in Yeah, the she's the mom. And I called her being some sort yeah, yeah, of yeah, government so What character? happens in that episode at like around 13 minutes in is uh, we're talking about how so many voices in that movie are in the MCU. Like Chris Pratt is in it. Oh. Uh, Tom Spider- Holland. Sorry? Tom Holland. Tom Holland, yeah. So then we're like, oh, there... She, Julia, she's not a she's not an Avenger yet... And then you laugh, and you're like, ah, she'll never be an Avenger, but maybe they'll put her into some kind of, like, government character. That's so funny. And that's exactly what happened. Wow. I guess 
I'm a genius. She are, she appears what for the first time in the like mid roll scene of uh, Black, Black Widow. Widow, and I haven't seen Hawkeye, but I'd imagine she's involved in some way. She's in um, she's in Captain or the uh, Captain America versus the Falcon or and the, no, Falcon. And the Falcon, Falcon and Winter Soldier. We got there. Oh, <laughs> the most hated yeah. series. Yeah, she she's like uh, the bad Captain America's handler. Ah, agent uh, agent Orange. That's not his name. <laughs> oh whatever it doesn't matter the agent i think american disney, agent disney is so <laughs> dynamic with how they respond to fan stuff that like i bet i doubt he'll be in too much more because no, di- nobody really likes disney it. obviously listens to this podcast oh hey, i, have a, I yeah. have a fan service yeah <laughs> it was on the sonic episode uh from typical penguin as comment it says do ambulance and my answer is no <laughs> i want to do ambulance <laughs> no. james wants to do ambulance but i don't it's gonna be stupid james I, michael no. bay this is what i want and i don't know if it's true i want to do ambulance if the critics consensus like if i look google it right now and it's like everyone's saying it's an eight or greater it's got 68 percent on rotten tomatoes kind of thing <clears throat> what about imdb though uh, basically what I want is I, I want it to be like Tony Scott's Unstoppable where it's like a late career director who's just makes a super tight like 90 minute movie that's just Ooh. you know Michael Bay he's known for the things Michael Bay is known for and I just hope he like would be a more kind of restrained version of himself and just make a really tight film and honestly the only reason I'm even having this discussion is because I really like Jake Gyllenhaal fair enough it's uh, on MDB it's 6.5 I'm not going to see it <laughs> And someone, I saw someone want to do us to do the Adam project. And I would way rather do that than uh, yeah, it was, it was, yeah. It was if we're gonna do a, a dumb, like <laughs> probably enjoyable but kind of bad movie, yep. I'd want to do the Adam project. Yep. Not well, it has it has Lance. It has the heart I crave. Yeah. The plot's like a throwaway thing. It's clearly about the family. Stuff, Have you seen it? Yeah, I watched it. It was good. Oh, okay, I it was gonna made yeah. me cry multiple times. Really? Yeah. Not like this piece of shit. <laughs> I cried, I cried multiple times during this. I'm a crier for sure. The Adam Project looked interesting to me. So the plot of it, like the time travel stuff is kind of dumb, but it serves the relationships and the emotional side of it. And right. that stuff really works. All What's right. with his lightsaber? He's got a lightsaber. Hey, no spoilers. It's, it's Next week, though, we're doing Severance. Ooh, I'm stoked for that. Go binge it. I hope I don't forget it because I watched it a while ago. But anyways, you can, you can yeah. email us just like Delaney did at hello at they're just movies.com and you can tweet at us tjm pod that's it you put an ad at the front of it though classic that's Delaney. How that's how twitter works elon <laughs> learn about it love you <laughs>